Hey, what's going on? Greetings and good day, and welcome to the final Birds All Day of 2017. My name is Drew Fair Service, and uh, yeah, this is it. This is the special uh, holiday edition. Happy holidays to everybody who's listening. Uh, you know, unfortunately, the war on Christmas has been won by uh, the forces of evil, so we're wishing everyone ho- a happy holiday. Merry Christmas, happy Hanukkah, which just ended, I guess, Kwanzaa, New Year's, all that stuff's coming up. Uh, so from everyone here at Birds All Day... Uh, we wish you the best during the holiday season. And when I say everyone, I mean me, and of course, I mean uh, Old Reliable himself. Uh, Mr. Andrew uh, Stoughton, yeah. Mr. Stoughton, Stoughton, how are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, as always. Yeah, always am. Old Reliable. Uh, Stoughton, how are your holidays? Are you well? Do I find you well this uh, holiday season? Eh, not really. <laughs> the same? Yeah, the same or worse, whatever, yeah. <laughs> the same or worse? Yeah. What else could you do? But I mean, no, I've been. I've got. Putting... A, I've got. I got this. I got this pain. I'm gonna turn on my dad for a second, or my uncle. I got this pain in my back like two weeks ago, and it's much. Mm-hmm. It's much subsided, but it's. Uh, but it's still lingering, and I'm just. I'm just done with it. I'm just like, no, no. You should be completely gone now. Uh, it, you know, this is enough. I want to wake up you know and, you not, and not feel like, you know, there's something in my back. Stabbing you. It's not stabbing anymore. It was at first, but it's still there's still something going on back there, and it's like I you think know you, what? Know, two, you know what? Two weeks that seems like plenty. This yeah. is bullshit. Uh, you definitely need a standing desk, though. That's what you need. Get up there, standing up when you're typing your uh, the articles. You're right up. Good write up <laughs> on uh, Vladdy Guerrero today. It would have been even better if I was standing. Yeah, it would have been. Your the, the blood <laughs> and the creativity would be flowing. Much the takes, yeah. the insight, yeah. Um, okay, so we'll we <laughs> so Vladdy Guerrero. Yeah, it's a, so our, yeah, we're not going to talk about my health anymore. That's good. We could. Yeah. I'm sure that everyone is very yeah. intrigued and concerned about you. They oh, don't probably, wanna, yeah. You know, they don't want to hear that that you're fallen ill. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I got it real. You know, creaky old bones. You got it. You <laughs> yeah. do have it tough. I think that that much has been uh, gleaned over 143. Yes, indeed. Episodes, which this is the 143rd episode of Birds All Day, which is very exciting. Which is the, maybe the first one that you got the number right. No, I got it right last week too because oh, I wrote nice. it down on purpose. Nice. Yeah. But you know, I'm we're still I would say in an in around 10 percent of the time I get the number right, um, which is about the same number of times I pronounce or spell some people's names correctly, pronouncing them here, uh, spelling them correctly. On uh, on Twitter, spelled Demar Derozan wrong like three times in a row. Trying to, to type, trying to give him credit for improving so significantly as a basketball player. Couldn't spell his name right to save my life. I used too many R's one time. I used an E instead of an A, and yeah, I was you know trying to be careful to get the capitalizations right because mm-hmm. it's like D D E capital M. Yes, yeah, and then D E capital R. But I'm uh, I'm in, I'm insensitive. I struggle. I struggle with the names. And apparently we were triggering people with our pronunciation of uh, future Yankee uh, Jarrett Cole. Yeah. Well. Jarrett, Garrett. Do they call him Garrett? Which one is it? I don't know. I don't even know what it is. I pronounce it Jarrett. So. Did you know that he he and Brandon Crawford, uh, I think Brandon Crawford married uh, Jarrett Cole's sister or, or, one, or, the, or the reverse? I don't know. They have a connection. I did not know that. Brandon Crawford. He's played for the, uh, for the Giants. Yes, he who, does. Who uh, who helped the Blue Jays' cause a little bit? I think they did of. theoretically. I mean, if the Blue Jays have a cause, they they helped it. 
We're going to get to all that. Okay, well, let's start with there. Okay, sure. Let's start. We've we've, we've done the work. Jericho. So the reports came out today. Jeff uh, Passan, Passan, another name that I butcher, um, reporting that the talks the once seem since dormant or seemingly dormant talks between the Yankees and the Pittsburgh Pirates about the Yankees apparently acquiring uh, Garrett Cole, who the Yankees of course drafted out of high school. Then he went to UCLA, where mm-hmm. I believe he befriended the the Brandon Crawford family. Earned himself a very significant uh, uptick in terms of his uh, signing bonus, and then he went on to become a decent, uh, you know, big league pitcher. Now, one who is apparently going to play for the Yankees. Um, it sounds like the deal is going to get done, according to to uh, those in the know. Uh, right now, it does. The Pirates. Yeah. The, the Pirates. It seems as though the st- the sticking point, such as it is, is that the Pirates want Gleyber Torres, whom the Yankees acquired for uh, or in the Aroldis Chapman trade, uh, and. The reality is that they're not going to get him. They're just not. It does. It's seem not like going to happen. That's true. Yeah. They're they, they they'll potentially or probably end up with uh, Clint Frazier, who uh, the Yankees folks that I interact with online seem a little um, blasé about that. They are like, oh, they, they not that that they're prospect people, but they don't seem too uh, disappointed at the prospect of losing Clint Frazier. Um, looks like a nice prospect. I don't know. I, I wouldn't be so uh, so free to wish the redheaded freak show. You know, he's a he's. <laughs> our, it's December. He's posting workout videos. Like, don't these guys can't even they even wait till the new year? I don't know. But anyway, that's going to happen. That's another thing that the Yankees suddenly their rotation doesn't look so iffy if they've got Cole in there with Sonny Gray and Tanakh and. Severino and CC Sabathia, who they of course resigned instead of the Jubilee Jays signing mm-hmm. CC Sabathia. Suddenly, the Yankees don't have a, like a bit of a, a suspect rotation anymore, do they? Yeah, no, they don't. Unfortunately, it's uh, you know maybe Cole gave up a lot of home runs, uh, but also the thing about that is the thing about signing Sabathia is they're going to score so many runs that it doesn't matter, and they have a bullpen. They'll be very good. They will be very good. The Yankees will be very good. Uh, the Red Sox have not. The Red Sox already were very good. They haven't necessarily improved a great deal. Of course, the Red Sox um, signed Mitch Moreland for a two-year, very affordable contact, uh, contract uh, for whatever that's worth. Uh, there was an interesting thing in the Boston Globe today that um, that their great, the great, um, what's his name? Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I've forgotten his not, name. Not Nick Cafardo. No, no, not Nick Cavardo. Because <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were, it was a sarcastic, the great. Alex Spearman, I believe his name is. Or Alex Spire. Spe- Alex Spire. Alex Spire. Alex Spire. Yeah, he, he wrote a great story uh, about um, about the real difference between Mitch Moreland and Eric Hosmer, who, of course, the Yankees were, or the Red Sox were rumored to be in pursuit of. Hosmer's younger and better. Mm. But I don't think that the for the Red Sox purposes, the difference between the two is significant enough to justify that uh, large payout that Hosmer is due. So the Red Sox are the Red Sox. The Yankees have improved significantly and, and look as though they stand to improve significantly yet again. Uh, but the Rays, as we sort of alluded to, got worse. The Rays traded uh, the best player that they've ever had. Uh, the franchise leader in a bunch of things, the raziest of all the Rays players, Evan Longoria, now plays for the Giants. Um, which... 
Giants uh, apparently only know how to go in one direction. There's only one gear in San Francisco these days, and it is the gear of uh, it is old gear. They are <laughs> yeah. they're getting the the de- decline phase of Evan Longoria and the expensive phase of Evan Longoria. Uh, the uh, the Rays the Rays the Rays you know they traded him before he got in five rights, of course, which is a very you know forthcoming very thing ra- to do. Uh, it's kind of shady, do, but. Yeah. Super razy, super razy. But they got um, uh, Christian Arroyo and uh, a couple other interesting pieces. Denard Spann, of course. Denard Spann, who hit no worse than Evan Longoria last year. But uh, it's a matter of the shape of the production, I think. They want someone who can hit the ball over the fence. And that's what they hope Evan Longoria to do. Uh, I don't think they wanted a player who'd ever achieved a 900 OPS in the big leagues because Evan Longoria ain't that. Which is surprising, of course. But, but yeah. Yeah, it's, it's more it like a running it joke. It ain't coming anymore. That's for sure. <laughs> nope, no, it's not gonna get any. The chances of that uh, they have, they have long since left. But the Rays—that's the Rays suggesting that maybe the the Rays have, are packing it in. Uh, there were some interest. I saw. I read a couple things about how the Rays were. You know, the I don't think going into last year you could have you could have said the Rays were that much worse than the Blue Jays. Yeah, the Rays had some things going for them. Yeah. I mean, they finished and ahead then of the it just didn't sort for one. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, but now it doesn't look like that's going to happen again this year. I mean, Longoria, Longoria is the best player in in team history, but I don't know that he's um, irreplaceable for twenty eighteen. Right? Yeah, no, I don't. I don't. Between... You know, I don't think so. That's that's kind of the whole thing, right? Like he, you know, he might bounce back, mm-hmm. but it, I think he would still be a ray if he. Uh, if he was, if the prospects were good, if the prospects were, you know, what it seems San Francisco thinks they are, giving up, pro, you know, actual prospects uh, and players. I mean, I guess part of it's the salary, but, but to take on, you know, a deal that would like, would he have signed that if he was a free agent right now? Like what he has left on the deal, it's probably pretty similar. I think he's got five years and eighty-two million dollars yeah. left. I mean, I know, I guess, I guess, I don't think that he would get that a little bit, but. Look at, I mean, the thing with Longoria, so he was really good uh, in 2016, but if you look at like the last three years and you compare him to Todd Fraser, who's a free agent now, the difference is not significant. Uh, I think that Longoria is probably a better defender. Uh, I don't think there's much doubt in that, but uh, they're pretty close. They're close in age and they're close in production. So what, you know, Longoria, uh, for what that matters. Again, for the Giants, this stuff means a little bit less. Obviously, the Giants are trying to get under the luxury tax. Baseball's salary cap, essentially. The, the Red Sox are trying, or the, the Giants are trying to get under the salary, salary cap, like the Braves and Dodgers made their salary cap trade mm-hmm. the other day. Um, but the Dodgers are, the Giants are less concerned with whether or not, they, how much value they get for Evan Longoria's money. They need to make the team yes. better. Yeah. And they think they've done that. The Rays are the opposite. The Rays have to operate in a value-centric mode at all times. And they weren't going to get that value. So maybe between Matt Duffy, who they acquired from the Giants a couple of years ago in the Matt Moore trade, and uh, and now uh, Arroyo and Brad Miller and whoever else they've got that's going to... Their team full of shortstops, again. They've gone back to that somehow, other than Span. But it's like, everybody's a shortstop. Uh, so, but I don't know. The Rays, the Rays are not... Unless they unless they make the next set of moves, which would be like Archer and and Colome, uh, it's difficult to write the Rays off completely. But you have to think that they are kind of doing similar to what the Orioles feel like they're probably going to have to do, and that's sell. 
Yeah. Both yeah. those two teams, even if they think that they're ahead or, or equal to uh, the equals of the Blue Jays, they're still looking way up at the Red Sox and way up at the Yankees. And I just wonder if that if that creates an opportunity almost for the Blue Jays, rather than saying the Blue Jays should follow suit. Maybe the Blue Jays should think to themselves, maybe there'll be some easy wins lying around with these two teams sort of going in more of a rebuild mode. That'd be nice. That's a a charitable way to think about it. It is, but also, I mean, maybe if the Blue Jays get a couple bargains that are out there, which are are going to happen, I mean, it looks like, you know, just... You look around, the Yankees are, are pretty much done spending, the Giants are done spending, the Dodgers are done spending, the Red Sox are over the luxury tax, but the the fact that they went and, and re-signed Moreland perhaps suggests that they're not uh, not going to spend the way that people think either. But, I mean, somebody's obviously going to pay Mark, J.D. Martinez a bunch, and that's probably going to be the Red Sox. And then there's, you know, Hosmer, Mustakis, a bunch of guys still out there. But there's a bu- it feels like there are more players... Uh, looking to to uh to find a new team then there are destinations for them a little bit right now i mean there's a lot of mm-hmm. there's a lot of possibilities out there and by having waited this long and not made any moves which has been extremely frustrating for fans especially ones who have been told that the team wants to compete in 2018 uh you know maybe the jays have put themselves in a good position especially if they you know really do have a little bit to spend or really do feel that they can move some money around or, or find a way to uh, to add pieces that 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 really makes sense. I mean, it could. I mean, how just how many how many outfielders, how many guys are out there for the teams that need them, right? I mean, there. Uh, you know, you don't really love the idea of Jay Bruce. Lorenzo Cain is interesting. You know, maybe the Rays want to flip span. Maybe you know, maybe there, there's a there's still a bunch of names still out there, and uh, mm-hmm. and I don't know what are the teams that are in that market at this point. I mean, there are some that would take them just to flip them at mid season. But uh, with a bunch of teams seemingly, you know, writing off 2018 already and a bunch of teams writing off spending anymore, uh, the market's narrowed a little bit, I think. It could play into the Jays' hands. I mean, we'll see whether they do anything about it. And maybe that's naive to think that it will. You know, I did, uh, you wouldn't bet against Scott Boris getting a bunch of money for his clients, right? But I don't know. It's interesting out there. It's uh, those uh, CBA levers suppressing salary and, and uh, encouraging teams to not spend on players, they sure seem to be working. Oh, uh, 100%. There, there's a salary cap in baseball yeah, now. Basically. If there was ever any doubt before, the big Dodgers and, and, and Braves trade in which Atlanta sent Matt Kemp to the Dodgers, and I don't know that he has officially been DFA'd or, or moved. No, he... They, I don't know that he has been uh, non-tendered or no, sorry, DFA'd or whatever is going to happen, but almost for sure Matt Kemp won't play for the Dodgers in 2018. And uh, and then Adrian Gonzalez went to Atlanta. He was immediately DFA. Yeah, I mean he. Yeah, DFA'd, I, I, yeah, I think that was he had a no trade, and the a condition of it was that they were going to make him a free yeah. agent. He's like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'll do that and can sort of pick my spot. But can he pick his spot? Even I mean, how many how many teams are looking for Adrian Gonzalez? And then. Poor ass Jose Bautista is, uh, you know, in the broken down old man market now as well, uh, where those guys mm-hmm. those guys are in trouble. When you're looking already at, uh, you know, Yonder Alonso, he not not the not the greatest free agent case in the world, but had a nice year, or as you said off air, had a nice half. And what did he get? Like sixteen over two or something like that? Like a, Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a guy who made the All Star team last year. He he might be all right, and and you know we saw last year the way that salaries went, 
especially for the one-dimensional power guys, which, you know, Jay Bruce is part of that, uh, that conversation. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the Royals guys are still out there. There's still teams that are looking to make trades for uh, trading off some of their players. It's interesting. There's still a lot of pieces, I think, to move. And, and yeah, some, some people are going to end up taking less than they feel that they deserve. And uh, as opposed to last year where the Jays fucked it all up, uh, maybe they'll be able to, to find mm-hmm. some value there and actually turn this roster into one that people can sort of squint at and think, oh, maybe they could compete a little bit. There are still a lot of, like, good players out there. Again, like, it is a really crowded market. Like, who's going to be, who's going to opt for Adrian Gonzalez, given his checkered injury history? You know, he's got a bad back, a uh, great player for a long time. Whether or not you can get him for a song, and, you know, obviously he brings a lot of the sort of intangible be- uh, benefits as a, as a long veteran, as a guy who's... Um, ruined some really good teams and, and watched really good teams <laughs> fail left, right, center. Um, but, I mean, he's a free agent, but so is Adam Lind, right? Like, Adam Lind is out there. Mm-hmm. Matt Adams signed. But, again, baseball in its in – its, in and, guys, you and I are as uh, kind of been involved in this as much as anyone in that we're – but in the push to get make teams get smarter, all they've done is really gotten cheaper. Right. They've gotten smarter in that they have not spent money that would have otherwise gone to the players, where the Nationals only have X number of dollars to spend, so they spend it on Matt Adams, who's essentially a worse version of Adam Lind. But he's going to cost less money, so they off they go with, uh, with Lind. By the way, Adam Lind, I'm on his baseball reference page right now. Uh, at some point uh, towards the end of last season, he, became, uh, he went over 10 years of service time. So wow. congratulations. Nicely done. Congratulations, Adam Lind. I remember when the Blue Jays were, uh, I've been ever, we've been around long enough that I was, I remember pining for him to get called up. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Was he, in, was he uh, in Syracuse? Was he destroying Syracuse? Like that's before they moved to Vegas? He was destroying Syracuse and uh, yeah, a couple times, but I'm looking now and it's like he got a brief call up in 2006 and then, a, and then he had spent a bunch of time in 2007 and he was bad and then 2008 was when he was, it was clear that he was too good for AAA, but he still struggled to kind of get off his feet in 2008. But he, he came around, and then 2009 was his, like, monster year mm. uh, of, of, of several that he had. He's a 112 career OPS plus player. Way to go, Adam Lind. Ten years in the big leagues. Good for him. Made it, but made a, you know, made a lot of money. He made $40 million. That's not nothing. <laughs> no. But uh, good for him. But anyway, but he's a player. I mean, and again, if you're the Blue Jays, maybe an Adam Lynn type of player is the kind of guy you want. If you weren't already, uh, or Yonder Alonso for to to a similar, on a similar type of player. But of course, the Jays are not in position to make those kinds of moves because they are because they didn't they signed players on acting in my opinion. Acting under the belief that that Justice Smoke was going to be bad, yes, and now Justice Smoke <laughs> is good, and they've got Justice Smoke is good, and one of the players they brought in is bad, yeah. So they're kind of stuck in terms of DHs, and even if they do have an overly right-handed team, um, I mean they don't—they're not getting that much better with a Lind or an, or an Alonzo. He's not—he's not what they need right now. He's a nice player, but I don't know. It's uh, well, the Orioles. I think the Orioles are the ones that that can really get set this this ball into motion. If the Orioles, who, who of course uh, lost Zach Britton for half the year or so. He tore his Achilles playing or working out at home, which is, you know, you feel for him. He's going to be a free agent at the end of the year, is he not? 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So that that's really you know that's a, yeah. his opportunity to get paid. Unfortunately. Um, and unfortunate for him, you know, the Orioles in some ways, it might be unfortunate. It might be unfortunate for the Blue Jays visit, visit the Orioles in that the Orioles might force themselves to finally kind of reload a little bit. And instead of just dragging in the, this out, this inexplicable run of good luck or good <laughs> performance. And that's, I mean, that's a, th- a team that I think Jays fans should think about a little bit when they get down on the Jays' chances and start thinking about you know, oh, we got to rebuild, got to rebuild. It's like how the fucking Orioles have skated on shitty teams and been okay or better than okay for ten years now. It's ridiculous. Yeah, but the Orioles have also they signed their Josh Donaldson to a seven-year contract for like however much money, and then he proceeded to have the worst year of his career. This is true. And he's only going to get worse, and only going to be a humongous. Uh, wait for their payroll to carry. And, I mean, I like Chris Davis as a player, and Chris Davis is not underlined the equal or even the kind of player that should be mentioned in the same breath, frankly, as uh, as Josh Donaldson. But he was a really good and effective hitter. He did he did what he did, and then he uh, is now... Yeah, he, had a, he was a below-average hitter last year and is being paid... A very well, he or twenty three million dollars for the for the privilege, and he's only got he's uh, he's an Oriole through twenty twenty two. So you look at his contract, you look at Trumbo, and you look at some of the other stuff that maybe the Orioles could have done, or if they don't trade Machado um, for 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 the maximum return, um, what are the Orioles going to do? Right, and is that where you is that where you want the Blue Jays to be? I mean, the Orioles didn't even win a series. No, that's not where I want the Blue Jays to be. I mean, the Blue Jays won't be there, though. They'll have, they'll have Vlad and Bo coming up. They'll have, uh, you know, all, all, all those Orioles. They'll have the, the unbatched starting tandem of, of Zach Britton and, and uh, what's that other kid's name? <laughs> they, remember the Orioles had, like, that great... Oh, oh they got Dylan Bundy. Bundy and, and Gossman. Go- and, yeah. No, bef- even before that. Remember, it was... They had... Um, Oh, who were some of those guys? Yeah. Also, they also had Steve Pierce lead them in wins above replacement one year, not that long ago. <laughs> oh, Brian Mattis and oh yeah, and all, yeah. all these yeah. other guys. Right, that was the previous cohort. Um, but anyway, yeah, I mean, you don't want to see that, and the Orioles are kind of running that risk of sliding down that slippery slope where they definitely should have sold off some of the parts. And it seems like as as though even before the Britain injury that they were receptive to it. They've been talking. There's a lot of talk about Manny Machado, but. Even that, you know, as you mentioned before, about being kind of a glut of good players. Um, if Machado moves, and then what does that mean for the Blue Jays? Because they're sort of have the same, you know, they, they're there's a codependency almost right now between Baltimore and Toronto. You know, when you can't, nobody wants to move first because what it's good, what it could mean for the for the other, I guess. They, you know, yeah, kind of yeah. pushes a push and pull. And I mean, if they keep Machado, which which apparently for now is what they're saying. Uh, what does that do to the Donaldson market in July if the Blue Jays are out and looking to, you know, at least get some value out of him besides the value of giving it a go for four months, which which has more value than I think a lot of people like to like to believe. But uh, but you know that could be something. I mean Machado obviously he wants to play shortstop is what he's saying. But uh, mm-hmm. come July I don't I I I could see for the right team him the right team you know the one in New York. Him, him saying, <laughs> "Sure, I'll uh, 
But at that point, maybe Torres is ready to go. I don't, I don't know. I, I think you'd probably you wouldn't trade him for Machado. You wouldn't trade him for Donaldson. Uh, not for two months of them, but uh, maybe they don't need him at all. Maybe they do a, a thing like the Red Sox did with Devers, uh, even though and and I don't think he's even as far away uh, at this point as Devers was last year. So what about Didi? Don't he, don't be play, downplaying Didi. Yeah, okay. love love Didi Gregorius. He's, love he's him. Nice. He's nice. He's fine. He's a nice player. He's like Brandon Crawford. Is not like not quite as good, but still like damn good. Um, you, you you really think that Machado? It's the Yankees for Machado or nothing? No, not necessarily. I don't I don't know, but that seems to be the thing, doesn't it? That seems to be what everybody mm-hmm. thinks. I mean, whatever the Yankees want, that's what they get. Those fuckers. <laughs> yeah, they've been Fucking pretty. Fuckers. They've been pretty non-essential. For for the better part of the last decade, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously they won the World it's, Series it's in two thousand and nine. That's true. But uh, I mean, they did when they they did make it to ago. the yeah. For them, it's a it's a while ago. Yeah, I mean, but but last year was their first trip to the ALCS. Well, since two thousand and twelve, when they got swept. But uh, uh, maybe maybe not. Nah, there are some lean periods through there, right? I mean, lean periods for them is like, oh, it went to the playoffs three times in five years. What a disaster that was. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, <laughs> anyway, we've had the whole, yeah, I don't, I, the Yankees are going to ruin everything. They've already ruined everything. They're going to ruin my night now because yeah. we're going to be recording this and they're going to, they're going to make the trade for Cole when we're done. So they're going to just keep screwing us. That's, that's entirely possible. Okay, well, let's move on to okay. something a bit more uplifting, which is uh, the future of the Toronto Blue Jays. So, whether or not we think the Jays should, um, you know, pack up, uh, you know, pull up, pull up the stakes and, and start selling off any val- anything that's not nailed down um, this year, you can't deny the brightness of the future. And Baseball America really they did their share of. Uh, of uh, you know, blowing sunshine up the asses of two extremely promising young players. I believe they have Vlad Guerrero listed as the number two prospect in all of baseball. And, oh boy, did they say some nice things about him. Uh, you know, you've, you wrote... Well, so, number one, Baseball America said some awesome stuff. Yeah. Number two, the Hardball Times said something really cool about him. Uh, so it and took then him, took him 14th in their franchise player draft. Just behind... What? Yeah, just wow. behind Aaron Judge. Uh, and then not just not just Guerrero, uh, Bobichet as well. And yeah, the PA stuff from uh, like the stuff from uh, uh, Ben Badler Badly. on Bichette mm-hmm. was amazing. It was you know we we have been conditioned to think of Bichette as in a tier below Guerrero, and I think that he is. But uh, you know, Badler said he, for him. Even though he qualified it by saying he thinks he's probably the high guy on him uh, at BA, uh, said he was a top five prospect in baseball, which is bananas. Mm-hmm. He compared him to Josh Donaldson, um, <laughs> right? which like, is normal, fun. which is very, very normal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but he said he's the type of player the Blue Jays should be building around, not trading away, which, uh, which kind of. Just okay. destroy, flies in the face of what we said last. <laughs> yeah. well, we talked about an hour yeah. for last week, but yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah, no, don't trade him for Yelich. Yelich is the best that Bichette will ever be. No, Josh Donaldson is the best, you know, <laughs> the best version of Bichette now. So mm-hmm. oh, those rumors are toast. Fuck that. 
but anyway, though, there's a ton of really interesting stuff uh, in Baseball Reference. They spoke about um, uh, they gave Vlad Guerrero on the 20 to 80 scouting scale, where 80 is, of course, the highest, and uh, and and 80 is they most scouting people, uh, scouts or or scout writers who are kind of scout adjacent. Um, they don't like to throw the 80s out easily. Very reluctant, yeah. Um, but, you know, if you, if you can't give them away, then if nobody's an 80, then everybody's an 80. No, I don't know. But they threw an 80 hit and a 70 power on Vlad Guerrero Jr., which is insane. Completely. Insane. Like an 80 power is like Stanton and Judge. Those are 80 power guys. Uh, so 70 power for Vlad is like... Still way, way above average, but 80 <laughs> Ridiculous, hit. Ridiculous, yeah. Like, who is an 80 hit big leaguer? Like, Robinson Cano is an 80 yeah. hit. Right? Somebody like, 80, like that. 80, 70 is like a Miguel Cabrera. That's like, insane. Fucked. Yeah. It's crazy. I and mean, uh, maybe, they, maybe they know what Rodgers is known forever, which is that there's mm-hmm. a lot of Blue Jays fans out there <laughs> on the internet consuming content. But I don't think so. I won't. I won't sully the name of of Baseball America or e- literally everybody else evaluating prospects who uh, I think are very honest in their assessment that this this guy is uh, is something else, and that uh, that speaks to that crazy chart from the Hardball Times thing. We're looking at the the called strike minus strike percentage, uh, where Guerrero is just in a fucking class of his own, like it, it completely insane in terms of how. Uh, his ability to recognize uh, to recognize what's a ball, what's a strike, and to combine that selectivity with the you know the contact skills and the power is you know you see why people are uh, are, are losing their minds a little bit over it. And I, I know you know you see Jays fans who don't dabble in this stuff too much or sort of have a a blanket prospects of rapport people kind of mentality i don't know when, where mm-hmm. anybody would have got that idea from but uh they'd be uh, fools to, to feel that <laughs> complete way complete fools complete and utter fools uh you know think well they're just prospects they all bust or whatever but i you know there's there's risk there's definitely risk and that's you know what uh what badler was saying in the in the baseball america piece that's what people you know people will put that out there uh but holy shit it's it's just it's a it's uh it's prospect stuff we as Jays fans have never, we've never been this close to something this, uh, this appreciated and this, uh, just this good. It's crazy. It is crazy, and and that's that's something that needs to be called out too in this in this uh, mythical hardball times uh, uh, chart that you're referencing. On one uh-huh. side, it's it's ball uh, percentage minus called strike percentage, which I guess you could say like a, how many more pitches do they take that are in fact out of the zone. Uh, but also charting it against age. So in, on age alone, in high A, obviously Vlad Guerrero is way out in front of the curve because yeah, he's so young true. for the year. Yes. But just his ability to 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 take balls and 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 not you know not take strikes or not swing at balls, whatever you want to look at it, is really off the charts. But it's not just for this year; it's for the entire decade, like 2010 to 2017. So there are some big names on here. You got like the, you know Francisco Lindor, Corey Seager. Or Al Montesi Jr. for whatever that's worth. Uh, you know, these are just some of the names that are featured. Uh, Matt Olson, yeah. who made a big splash with the A's this year. Um, he's Olson is the kind of guy who, and Chance Cisco is another uh, Orioles prospect who's a big name, a lot of helium. Um, they're the kind of guys who have, who are showing uh, that same high level approach. But these are guys that are four, you know, three years 
older, or two or three years older than, than Guerrero was at this point. So obviously a ton, a ton to be excited about. And, and obviously uh, he's going to, who's, he, he, Vlad's just going to keep, you know, the, he's going to progress linear in a linear way, just keep getting better every year, right? You take a step, but one step at a time, right? <laughs> they, there's no moving backwards. You only ever get better. doesn't That's matter right. how much better your competition gets. You, in fact, will get better than them. Um, yeah. And also encouraging for the Blue Jays, Bo Bichette is like way up there on this yeah, chart Yeah, that's true well. too, yeah. yeah. Um, but, and more than that, Vlad Guerrero, he uh, apparently is quite the writer, Vlad Guerrero Jr., as he mm-hmm. penned uh, a delightful ode to his dad on the Players' Tribune, which yeah. is now called the Owners' Tribune. Uh, the, <laughs> the scumbag front office weasel Project Wolverine Tribune. Yeah. Um about all the great things that he learned from uh, Vlad Guerrero, the, the future Hall of Famer. So it's a big day, big week for Vlad Guerrero's Google Alert, just getting the workout. He's going to be getting oh, just man. pings and pings and pings. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and I wrote about this when I, I, I you know, linked to the Players' Tribune piece, you know, talking about bloodlines and, and, uh, and how that's valued as a, you know, sort of a differentiator. Maybe not, you know, you don't just take the guy because he has the famous dad, but uh, you've heard Atkins speak about how these are people who've had role models who see what what it takes to be successful who see who've seen you know the work that it takes the the all the things that these guys have to do to be successful and Mm -hmm. uh you know feeling that that is uh that's obviously going to be a positive you know it's uh if they're getting into this business and they're you know have their own natural gifts they'll they'll know what it takes to get to uh, to the level that they're the, the you know that they can be successful at the big league level, having you know seen their fathers and their relatives uh, done it before. I mean, obviously that it's it doesn't work out in every case, mm-hmm. uh, but it, it the front offices seem to think that it's uh, it's something worth valuing, and uh, you know some of the write ups as well about uh, in the, the was it the Hardball Times one talking about Bonds and Griffey and. And Hall of Fame's, you know, <laughs> Hall of Fame caliber or very good caliber uh, fathers who have sons who are also, you know, top five prospects. And mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's, I mean, it just, it's at the point where just no matter how you slice anything about Guerrero, he's in elite company. He's in like the most ridiculous company uh, that you can be in, which is, you know, it's tough to, because he, he hasn't done anything yet in the big leagues. He hasn't done anything in, you know, above, he hasn't played above a ball. So there's still a long way to go, but it's just, it is really uh, exceptionally exciting. It, it's, it's Travis Snyder-esque, but, but like on another level, I think even. With a few, fewer of the red flags, such as the strikeouts or the wow. presence of Cito Gaston waiting, who, looming. Who was ever, nobody was looking at those red flags back then is the thing. I think the strikeouts were, or, but I mean, we were able to gloss I, over them, right? I sure, I sure wasn't. No, not you, but the people who know things about things. <laughs> yes, were, that's were. yeah, the people with with expertise. Yeah, absolutely. And in hindsight, I can see it as plain as day. Mm-hmm. When you go back and you read those old scouting reports, we're like, well, yeah, obviously this is the thing we should have noticed. Not that he will compete for multiple MVPs. We should have said there's a chance that the contact skills are going to never come. Um, which we, had we known, to that's what we were supposed to read, we would have. Um, I don't know anything else on the prospects. I don't. I mean, we can't get into. Uh, the only thing about it is, or we sort of got talked about a little off the top, is that maybe these prospects will be joined soon by other prospects if the Blue Jays, in fact, uh, trade Josh Donaldson. Yeah, which, they could be. The, that talk just won't go away. The parent, the Cardinals, sound pretty determined. Which is never, if you're from a Blue Jays perspective, uh, 
you know, absent the sad idea of trading Josh Donaldson, to have that kind of leverage where a team is bound and determined and just keeps coming at you and saying, we want this guy, we want this guy, we'll give you what we got. It could be worse. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I mean, I don't know that they'll get prospects. I don't know if they'll want prospects. I don't know if the St. Louis will be like, here, take nine years of control of these, or, you know, or mm-hmm. however many years. You know, they'll probably want to give give back guys with uh, less years of control just because there's only one left on Donaldson's deal. But, uh, yeah, maybe they'll get, get added to by prospects. Maybe, maybe there are more coming. I don't know. Uh, and that's, you know, then what, what else? You trade J-Hap at the deadline. You trade Estrada at the deadline if he builds up some value. Get a couple warm bodies at least coming back the other way. Mm-hmm. So they're, 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 building, they're building something. They're building something. I don't know. Yeah. I, I had written down, this, might, this was my top post. Donaldson to the Cardinals won't go away. It's my top bullet point here on uh, the a very official WTS 143 uh, show run down thing. But I don't know <laughs> yeah. that I can do it. I can't. The Donaldson thing, it's just been so, it's been looming. And I, we talk about it enough, but also probably too much. That I, I, it's just hard for me to put my head in the place again to, I don't know, deal with it and confront it. Uh, I'd rather, I'd much rather talk about the exciting, the real news items like Tom Kohler's contract. Uh, actually, no. <laughs> yeah. what, what we should talk about is some of the stuff that's been kicking around about the uh, the Roger Center naming rights. Because uh, this was, you know, you were hearing things. You've been hearing things. I've I've heard things. I've heard things. I've heard I've heard someone. I've I've heard it might not be happening too now, mm-hmm. uh, which is different than when I've uh, <laughs> than what I was hearing when I you know hit publish on the post that I wrote or the tweet that I sent. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we we know from Bob Elliott's reporting that the the Jays have engaged. Uh, in, in trying to find and negotiating for uh, naming rights, you know, mm-hmm. looking at the lucrative deal that the uh, MLSE has with the soon-to-be Scotiabank Arena or whatever the fuck they're going to call it. It's got, like, what, $800 million over 20 years or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, no, people were... people were, were Once I got that first tweet out and said, yeah, somebody said they'd know somebody who said this and take it with a whole giant grain of salt, a few people did come back and say, no, I've heard whispers about this too. Uh, and here's what I know, and... I don't know. We don't seem to have gotten any farther. Uh, like I say, I've, I've also heard, no, that's not happening. But uh, who would tell me anything who knew anything anyway, right? Like, uh, <laughs> you know, who could really confirm it? So so we still continue to wait. But it just, that's what I said in the post. It's, like, it's such a layup. It's such an easy, perfect thing to do that will please fans who are, at this point, with this regime, so difficult to please. Uh, and it will bring some cash in for the Jays, you know, and it... it uh, whether that goes to payroll or to you know renovations or whatever, uh, or into just into Rogers' pockets, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it was it will be inconsequential, but that will be tough for them to sell. Um, but yeah, I mean, let people call it the damn Skydome again. There's you got yourself a win right there. It's just it's, it's gift wrapped for you. Are we are we naive in thinking that that any percentage of this of, uh, this revenue would go to payroll? I think that. I think that there is enough naivete among us who are who are these starry-eyed idealists who hear, oh, here's an infusion of cash. The team is for sure going to dump that right back into salary. Like it's not, you know, it's it, no. it, uh, to believe that is to believe the the sort of 
trickle-down economic theories that we're hearing come out of the, our neighbor to the <laughs> south on the heels of this very large tax bill that they just passed, which uh, is a, I just don't, it's a transfer of wealth for Rogers, basically taking money that they would trade around and internally and having some of it come from somebody else. Like It's just like, oh, we've got this money now that was more maybe more on the theoretical side before, and now it's real, but it's not going to change anything. I, I just... I, can't. I think that's probably fair. I mean, again, the payroll is what it is. The payroll is, uh, it could always be higher. But as we've seen in the last week or two, crystal clear, there is a salary cap in baseball. It is not a luxury tax. It's a, it's a, it's a tax in name only. It is a cap. The teams are afraid of it. They are moving things around. They are doing net you know, net new, you know, in terms of new cash moves, they're talking about things in the exact same terms. We hear them talk about hockey, where they're looking at Longoria's deal in particular and saying, well, because it's this many, it doesn't matter how it's actually structured, because it's uh, this much money over this many years, or the cap hit, what is effectively a cap hit, or the way that it's, ca- uh, it's calculated for tax purposes, it's a cap. It's a salary cap in baseball. And they don't want to say it, and it's the same reason that they don't want to uh, talk about a salary floor. Uh, on the heels of what the Marlins are doing, because as soon as you acknowledge there's a floor, that there's automatically a cap. But what we've got is a cap. The Blue Jays are not going to spend to the cap, unfortunately, because their revenue, I don't think that it would, could uh, justify it. Where they've seen, yeah, they've seen what happens when revenue is at its peak uh, in terms of um, you know gate attendance and stuff. But uh, I just we just need to disabuse ourselves of the notion that. Every dollar, a dollar for dollar, or even at a sad little ratio, anything that comes into the naming rights is going to go into the greater machinery. It's not going to go directly onto the field. Hopefully we can lot, let go yeah. of that. A lot of it won't, for sure. Maybe some will trickle down, as, uh, as you would say. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I mean, for one, there's going to be taxes on it, which uh, was a thing that was pointed out, I think, in Elliot's piece, as opposed to where, what, it, what it is now. Uh, mm-hmm. so, there, so that will, you know, that will knock a bit of the cash down right there. Uh, and yeah, it'll it will go into the machinery. The interesting stuff. I mean, interestingly, on the the salary cap versus uh, though it's though it's a cap that it would no, that's not by name. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you? I don't know if you read the Matt Trueblood piece at, at uh, Baseball Prospectus this week about arguing for a salary cap for an actual salary cap in baseball, mm-hmm. uh, which was interesting and counterintuitive to I think the way a lot of people think. But the point that he made, which I think is you know as you were touching on, there is no salary floor. Which uh, you know we're talking about these bargains that the Blue Jays can uh, can sort of scoop up potentially because nobody is is interested in in paying a lot of these guys what they would actually be worth on a unrestrained market. Uh, you know, had there were there a salary floor that would change it, that would it would be you could negotiate the the uh, percentage of league industry revenue uh, that the players get. Uh, which is how they do it in ba- in, in uh, basketball, how they do it in hockey. There's a, there's a percentage that mm-hmm. you know what your what your revenue is as a sport. The players get this much, and and uh, Matt's piece was saying you know that baseball is now below those sports in terms of the percentage that's going the other way uh, because of this. You know this is the big one, obviously, in terms of uh, the luxury tax suppressing salaries and suppressing the big clubs. Uh, uh, willingness to continue to just keep going and spending. Uh, but yeah, the lack of, of a salary floor uh, contributes to that as well. Uh, and and it's, it's interesting. It was kind of a stark uh, piece and a piece that was, you know, the strike word was 
Uh, I don't know if he wrote the actual word. I think he, I, I think he did. You know, with the uh, the idea that you know the players uh, are getting screwed by their union. Basically, it, uh, they 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 did not do a great job in either of the last CBAs, uh, and that it's something that is probably going to have to be addressed at some point. And the disparity is big enough that you know maybe it's something that is going to take uh, labor action to uh, to correct, which is something that nobody wants. Uh, I don't want to think about it. I, don't, I imagine you don't either. But, uh, you know, it might correct itself a little bit next year because obviously teams are going to go out and at least a few of them are going to blow past the luxury tax in order to get their Machados and to get their Bryce Harpers and whoever else because there's the big free agent bounty. But, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's maybe not going in a great direction. And uh, uh, I think uh, when he tweeted it out, it was like, or maybe it was the subheading or even the title was, you know, when has... When has unrestrained capitalism or capital? When has that really been the best friend of labor? Uh, when has the you know the open market, the way that baseball, uh, you know the way that it, it, we, we envision it, when has that really been friendly to labor? And we're seeing in baseball right now it playing out that that uh, oh yeah, it's kind of not. It's uh, uh, there have been ways to to uh, to manage to to keep these salaries down and to you know if if not collusion. Uh, by the strict definition, uh, something sort of like it, which at the same time, the shitty thing is we're like here celebrating it being like, yeah, fucking hey, Blue Jays, maybe maybe Lorenzo Cain has to take a three year deal because mm. nobody who else needs a center fielder or who else needs a guy like that? You know, it, uh, uh, this plays right into our hands because uh, we're fucking ghouls. It, no, we are. It's true. We are ghouls. And, it, and I do. I wonder about the about the like the union. Uh, because the players, the baseball players' union is known. You know, they they have done such a good job historically, um, in mm-hmm. terms of uh, with solidarity and in terms of getting themselves some good deals. And uh, I've spoke already about Adam Lind and his tenure. You know, being vested in the in the pension plan, which is of course sort of legendary among uh, just for being such a strong. Uh, you know, to, to such a great job of taking care of players, even if you played one day in the big leagues or two, you know, two weeks, two years, all the way up through, you know, the full vesting is is, is so um, rewarding. But it, you know what we're seeing now, I think, with the with the with the deals that they do end up taking in some of these CBAs is just because there are everybody's rich, and it's really hard to to sort of take what would could potentially what we want to call a principled stand. Um, when your career is short and you're rich and, you know, as we, we've seen the sort of people who have gone by the wayside in terms of international free agents and minor leaguers who are not on the, on the inside of the union and, and able to, um, reap those same benefits. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, I'll, I have, I didn't read that Matt Trueblood piece. I will check it out. It, it is an interesting concept. Uh, you know, I, I am not, I'm not a strong believer in the salary caps again because it, they do um you just end up seeing so many deals not unlike that braves deal where i mean atlanta gets a little bit better with by with brandon mccarthy and uh charlie culberson uh and scotty casimir you know the scott casimir lottery ticket so the braves could make their team better but you know when you look at the dodgers they they made their team um worse not appreciably worse because they are such a good team, but they made the team worse for no reason other than um, paperwork, right? And that's it. Yeah. So it just gets really shitty to um, uh, the fan. The, as a fan, it's hard to process those deals. And uh, you know, you see somebody who was it? It was might have been Passan. We mentioned it off the top of the show. Talking, someone made a comment about 
you know, your, the, the player salaries don't impact the ticket price. But there are so many fans who still think that same way, that the price of the ticket goes up when the salaries go up, that if the team signs a big free agent, they're going to charge the fans more. Uh, it, it's, it's just not the way that it works anymore. The teams have so many different avenue, uh, revenue at avenues. There's so many different ways that money comes in that to draw a direct correlation between those two in particular is foolish. But that, but that just to me suggests that fans don't think about it, the business of it, that often. The vast majority of fans. But to then to justify or to see a deal like that, if you're a Dodgers fan or if you were a kid who liked Charlie Culberson's beard and you were hoping to root for him or you like Brandon McCarthy or Scott Kazmer, whatever for whatever reason, and now you're having to understand or think about why this guy got traded. It's like, well, because the team is trying to avoid the salary cap. And and to your other point, I I, I it's early days yet, but I don't know that anyone's going to blow through the through the, the the into the tax even next year, right? I think we'll see a lot more of these kind of deals where, yeah, someone's going to blow their brains out, and sign Harper and sign Machado and maybe Clayton Kershaw, but they'll do what it takes to move these other this other. All that other money around, and maybe that's where a team like the Blue Jays might be able to to swoop in, right, and and benefit and and do sort of the Alex Anthopoulos model, which is if guys won't sign here, uh, that we'll take your high priced player and uh, and and build ourselves a nice little team out of it. I don't know, maybe. Yeah, you think you think these guys are going to do that? Yeah, maybe, maybe that's like okay. Well, if we're going to sign Harper, then we need to ditch whomever else. Uh, because they make too much, so we'll see. Maybe we'll see. Yeah. I think that's about it. We've gone on long enough. It's uh, sure. Uh, we're gonna do super bad. We're gonna do some uh, holiday themed corniness. Get ready for that. So uh, super bad is of course Patreon exclusive content that we produce every week for the people who have found it in their hearts to head over to Patreon.com/slash/BirdsAllDay and uh, and keep us going and, uh, and and support the podcast, support the content that they value. Which, uh, as we say always, and especially this time of year, we are uh, we are incredibly uh, thankful to everyone who has uh, supported the show over 143 episodes and super bads and and mini episodes and solo episodes and uh, so if you want to be join them, if you want to shoot us a couple bucks a month or a buck or two bucks or four bucks, whatever it is, uh, we're very appreciative, and you can do that again at Patreon.com/slash/BirdsAllDay. You can head over to iTunes and uh, subscribe to the podcast. It's also at SoundCloud.com/slash/BirdsAllDay, and of course, every episode is posted at the Blue Jays Nation, or sorry, BlueJaysNation.com. Right? Mm-hmm. Where, yeah, your Blue Jays Nation on Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, BlueJaysNation.com. <laughs> two uh, two underscores in there. That's Stoughton's home. <laughs> uh, don't go to our Blue Jays Nation on Facebook. Uh, you could. Okay, I almost went into a big thing about like this shitty Facebook stuff I was dealing with at work. Sure. It's not no, but like there's one of those like 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 I'm an I'm a racist Facebook pages. It's called Ontario Proud. Have you seen this Ontario Proud? I cannot say that I have. No. Yeah, it's 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 bad news. It is like the very definition of the fake news, and it's like a Canadian Facebook version of Fox News. Like just told stories told in bad faith. Very manipulative. Ugh, the the yeah. guy who runs it used to be a PR person. Now he does this full time. He creates videos that get like seven five thousand shares um, of like angry racist ants. Your aunt, your angry racist aunt is on there. That uh, yeah. the lady that you work with, uh, you used to work with, who was like 
quietly racist or or had a lot of opinions about immigration. She's all, she likes that place. She shares those pages about making jokes about Kathleen Wynne's appearance and um, and uh, treasonous Trudeau. That's the other thing they say a lot. Trudeau treason. That there's a real through line. People believe that Justin Trudeau is a treasonous dog who hates Canada. Apparently, that's he hates it. He wants to destroy Canada. That's what these people talk about online. It's great. Yeah, that does sound fun. Sounds fun. It doesn't want to make me drink poison. No, no, but we have a Facebook page, and uh, people don't talk about anything on there. So you can go over, and uh, if you want to talk about uh, Justin Trudeau being treasonous, uh, I mean, he's bad. He's a he's bad, but they're all bad. He's no worse than any of the rest of them, and I don't think that to say that he hates Canada would be stupid. Um, but go to Blue Jays Nation. No, wait. Well, Blue Jays Nation's on Facebook, too, and so is Birds All Day. Yeah. And we share the votes over there, so we want to get them in that way. Um, but as I said, uh, super bad. We're going to do some holiday-themed stuff. We're going to do some uh, shopping, maybe. Maybe some stocking stuffers for your favorite Blue Jays. So all the Patreon subscribers can do that. And everyone else could, of course, read uh, Stoughton. Stoughton, you're still powering through here. Late in December, nothing's going on. Busy day. You cranked out a bunch of stuff this week. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, today and the day before. Yeah, Not, not so much early in the week. But, uh, you know, yeah, well, I, I don't know. Never stops. Never stops. Or starts somehow. It never stops or yeah. starts. All right, but that's it. So everybody have a great holiday. No show next week. We're back in the new year. Uh, as promised, uh, we had promised a guest. We were not able to make it happen, but we'll, uh, we'll drag some of those folks in. Again, we have some fun ideas of things we're going to do uh, in the new year as well. Um, some of that may be for Patreon folks. Some of that might be for everybody. We'll take a look, see how it looks. You know, take a scan of the lay of the land. And, uh, and we'll do it. And we'll, we'll crank it out. So uh, thanks, everybody, for a great year. Uh, we'll see you all in 2018. So you got anything else? Oh, all right. Thanks, all right, everybody. We'll see you in 2018.